ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 228th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIRSportsOneWord.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined later by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bamba Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week was yet again the Golden State Warriors turning it on at the end last night to beat Oklahoma City Thunder again. Uh, I stayed up to watch it. And it served as a perfect encore to Saturday night's epic game, which I also watched. And it was simply one of the greatest regular season games ever. Uh, interestingly, last Friday on this show, my pick of the weekend for the appointment viewing was indeed Saturday night's Golden State Oklahoma City Thunder game. So it was uh, fascinating to watch then. Equally interesting last night, although not quite as entertaining. That would be a tough one to beat. Uh, So it's almost just tough to get your arms around what the Golden State Warriors are now doing. The record is 55-5. That boggles the mind. Last night was their 44th home victory in a row, which ties the longest streak ever. So they have a chance to break it on uh, Monday night. And uh, Steph Curry had 33 points last night. It's his fifth game in a row, scoring more than 30. And although he didn't uh, have, quote, a good game for him last night, he still had over 30, including, of course, two killer threes in the last couple minutes to put the game away. And it just brought the house down. Dub Nation, as they're being called, uh out at Oracle Arena, uh, greatest crowd in sports right now, uh, watching the greatest show in sports right now, and really one of the greatest shows we have seen in just a long, long time. It is, uh, just can't, cannot get enough of it. Uh, I, of course, have been on the bandwagon since I <clears throat> wisely, if I do say so myself, uh, went in to see the Warriors back in November, December at the Boston Garden against the Celtics. Uh, You know, made the plans after they had won 10 or 12 in a row to begin the season. Uh, Eyed it up and saw that, you know, that would be around win number uh, 24 in a row if they kept it going. Never really thought that was possible at that point. Uh, But indeed, uh, I was wrong. Thankfully, 
And that, of course, was a great game on a Friday night. It was The garden was rocking like it hasn't rocked since uh, 2008 uh, when the Celts last won a championship. And it felt like a postseason game. It went to double overtime. Celtics had many chances to win it, but the Warriors showed then what they're showing now, that uh, when games are tight at the end, they rise to the occasion. And that's the difference maker with this team. Uh it's not like they're not used to tight games. They blow a lot of people out, but they're in a lot of tight games. And just game after game after game, they uh, rise to the occasion and uh, play their best in the last minute or two. And, of course, the next night after Boston took them to double OT and wore them out, they lost what was the last game of a seven-game road trip uh, out in Milwaukee. And that... Uh, Ended the streak at 24 to start the season. And uh, I could always say I was there for the 24th win uh, of the 24-game streak. So it was just awesome. But again, last night the bench was immense uh, for Golden State. Uh, Starting to notice more and more uh, how good their bench is. And... What a major contribution they're making to this uh, 55 and 5 season they've put together so far. Of course, they're targeting the most wins ever in an NBA season by the 95 96 Chicago Bulls, which is 72. They're at 55, favorable schedule. Many of their games are at home, where again, they've won now 44 in a row. And uh, so it is looking good for. Uh, for them to, you know, bring home what will be just the greatest season in NBA history, number one, and really uh, the entertainment value cannot be overstated. Uh, I'm at a point, and I know there are millions like me that, you know, I now search out Golden State games. I'll stay up till one in the morning, as I did this morning, to watch the end of a game, and uh and just, you know, it's appointment television all season long. And it's not too many teams you can say that about, to say the least. Uh, in any sport, uh, you know, you see it now and again with football, i.e. the Patriots going for 17-0 and back in 2007. But uh, a lot easier to do that with 16 games than it is for 82. And uh, so it is just absolutely... Fascinating, compelling, and just so much fun. I can't remember uh, enjoying a regular season, certainly in the NBA, if not any sport, as much as I've enjoyed this one. And it really boils down to Steph Curry and just watching literally a magician uh, weave his magic on a nightly basis. And he is at his all-time peak uh, i.e., last night was his fifth in a row, scoring 30 more or more. First time in his career that he's done that. He's just seemingly setting records, you know, pretty much every time out on the court now. So it is just spectacular. On the flip side, uh, we have the low light of the week, which was the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're just cannot seem to close games out. Uh, you know, they had last Saturday night one until Kevin, Kevin Durant made uh, both a horrible pass and then a horrible foul, foul on Andrea Iguodala 
to create the overtime in a game that OKC in Oklahoma City should have definitely won, closed out. Uh, they didn't close out the Clippers the other night. They had a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter, failed to close that out. And most importantly, uh, since the All-Star break, they're showing themselves to be pretenders. They've lost six of eight at a time when, if they were going to be serious contenders, number one, they would be have won that game last Saturday night against the Warriors. And uh, number two, you know, would be, uh, you know, putting their foot on the gas pedal when it's just not happening. And in fact, it's going in the other direction. So it'll be interesting. And I say this because I was starting to think a while back, just, you know, that OKC was the team with the most legitimate chance this side of San Antonio to actually take down the Warriors in the playoffs. But at this point, you know, it's official now. Golden State has swept the season series with them, and they did it in dramatic fashion, including last night. This game was nip and tuck until the last minute or two, and the Warriors just ran away and won by 15 or so. So we shall see uh, if Oklahoma City can put it back together. Kevin, no, no less than Kevin Durant himself, said, you know, uh, basically they don't have what it takes right now. And... Uh, a fairly stunning admission from someone of his stature. And Russell Westbrook has just been all over the place. Um, so they're at a low point, and we'll see if they can like pull it back together uh, before the playoffs start. And then lastly, my bizarre story of the week is uh, breaking news that you may or may not be seeing, which is that the O.J. Simpson case at the exact same time as this show is, this mini-series is being held on uh, on television, and I've been watching uh, all the episodes so far, that a knife, the LAPD held a press conference within the past hour that a knife uh, was apparently found by a construction worker in the late 90s at the Rockingham, at OJ's Rockingham estate. He apparently turned it over to a... Los Angeles policeman who was or has since retired, held it all these years. Somehow the LAPD got wind of it, got hold of the knife. It's in the LAPD's possession, undergoing exams, and uh, and here it is back in the news at the exact same time that this miniseries is on. That is the very definition of bizarre. And uh, added to the long, long list of you can't make this stuff up. Uh, this story is just breaking and is bound to be dominant story uh, the rest of the day and throughout the weekend and probably beyond. Uh, some interesting facts to it are simply that the case is still open, uh, which I didn't know, and I'm guessing a lot of you didn't either. And number two, apparently even if uh, evidence is found against OJ with this knife, uh, that was buried in the ground, by the way, at the estate. Um, it's double jeopardy so that he cannot be tried or accused or tried again or whatever uh, if new evidence comes into play due to double jeopardy. And lastly, my event of the week will be the, uh, of the weekend that I will be attending will be the American Athletic Conference Women's Basketball Championship at Mohegan Sun. Uh, could be the start of UConn's march to a four-straight national championship. 
which would make uh, Brianna Stewart uh, the greatest college, women's college basketball player ever. Uh, her stated goal when she went to UConn was simply to win four straight championships and with all the glory that they've had through the years, the dominance they've had, uh, no woman player has ever won four in a row. So that is going to be fun, to say the least. And so looking forward to that. And now, why don't we take our break? And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bamba Magazine. And A.P., how you doing today? Oh, doing great, John. Doing great out here in uh, California still and enjoying the weather and some other things. I'm sure you are. Great place to be this time of year, obviously, and you had a tremendous uh, few weeks out there in California, done lots of Exciting sports stuff, and uh, so how's your past week been? Yeah, it was good, John. You know, I, I'd never been to the Palm Springs area, so I made a phone call to a player that most people would be aware of through the years, uh, Sam Cunningham, All-American fullback at the University of Southern California, played with the New England Patriots for a number of years, and 
uh, we met for the first time. We took a ride over to Palm Springs to meet with a couple of former University of Alabama players who competed against Sam in 1970 and 71. So it was an interesting day. I'm sure it was. Well, Sam Bam Cunningham, a legendary name uh, for sure from USC. And that must have been great. Let me ask you first, how'd you like Palm Springs? Yes, I really enjoyed myself. What a, you know, the view you can see over there from the mountains and the surrounding area is, is fantastic. It's it's a fabulous, you know, horizon you could see in the mountains and all the trees and you know, different things. So it's really neat, really cool. It's the true definition of the word oasis. I've been out there a couple times and like you, yeah, the views are off the charts, especially around sunset. Uh, spectacular town, and uh, I'm glad you made it there. And geez, driving with Sam Cunningham, that must have just been, it doesn't get any better than that, that's for sure. No, no, we we told some stories, and I, I listened mostly. And uh, Sam, he had quite an interesting football career, and you know, he's in the College Football Hall of Fame. And I guess his two most notable games was his first, very first one against Alabama in 1970 when they went to Birmingham, and then when he capped his career in the Rose Bowl, I think it was four touchdowns over the top against Ohio State. They played on a, he played on the undefeated 1972 team. That's one of the best of all time. So he had bookend tremendous games. Yes, well, I remember those games. Of course, yeah, the game in Birmingham was... So famous that they made it into a documentary, I believe, uh, and that had to do with uh, being the first black players to play in the South or something, and it led to Bear Bryant actually recruiting uh, black players, African-American players for the, you know, into his program. Is that right? Is that accurate? Yeah, that, that's pretty close, John. What, what happened was, uh, actually, in 1969, Tennessee had three black players, uh, Lester McLean, Jackie Walker, who was, ended up being a two-time All-American, and another player, the name escapes me, but they played in Birmingham. And then to open the season, what happened was the NCAA made a rule changing where you could have an 11th game. So you had to scramble uh, to find out th- that opponent to open the season next next. Uh, and that year, so Coach Bryant, he flew out to Los Angeles, and he met John McKay at the airport, and he said, uh, you know, if you would like to come to Birmingham next year, we'll pay you 100000 Wow. And John, and John McKay said, well, I'll only do that if you come back out here the next year, and we'll pay you 150 <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so that, was, that game was uh, made in, in an airport, I believe, an airport, airport lounge. In Los Angeles, and so they agreed to the game. And uh, Alabama was coming off um, a six, a six and five season, I believe it was. And so they played it was a night game in Birmingham. And Sam Cunningham, he ran all over Alabama that night for 135 yards on 12 catches. Probably had a couple of touchdowns, and and they just couldn't tackle Sam. He was, you know, big, strong guy, about six three, about two twenty at the time. You know, really good runner, and uh, USC had a, a, a good, good team, pretty good team, and they ended up beating Alabama forty-two to twenty-one. Uh, in the stands that night, uh, Alabama had recruited their first black football player, Wilbur Jackson. He was a freshman, unable oh, yeah. to suit up because because freshman couldn't play. So I think it was seventy-two. So Wilbur was in the stands, nineteen seventy, and uh, 
So that kind of changed Alabama football. The, the South, especially Alabama, got to see a fully integrated team. I think there was 18 African-Americans on Southern Cal who, who came to Birmingham that night. Matter of fact, Tony Smith was one of them, Bubba Smith's brother. Uh, oh, yeah. Clarence Davis was the running, but one of the other running backs. He, he was actually born in Birmingham, moved out west when he was maybe six or seven years old. Uh, Willie Hall was from uh, New Britain, Connecticut. He was on that team. Uh, so it, it, it changed. Uh, I think it changed college football. Really did. Uh, you know, because when you change the deep south, you, you're going to change football across the country. So, and then the, then the next year, Alabama was. Uh, they had suffered through a. I think it ended up being six, four, and one. I believe it was something like that. Six, five, and one. They opened up the season on a Friday night against Southern Cal, who was rated near the top, and they upset uh, Southern California seventeen to ten. They unveiled the wishbone. Nobody knew they were going to run that offense, and and they moved John Hanna in from the tackle to the guard position. They the first couple of plays they had All American running back John Musso at fullback. And uh, so when they came out with that set, USC was confused, and Alabama jumped on them early. I think it got up to maybe 17 nothing, and they held on to win 17-10, and Alabama went on to win 100 games in that decade, and Coach Bryant, he reinvented himself. That's amazing. Uh, boy, the, some classic names of former great players that uh, in that conversation. So that is just... Uh, that is special stuff there, and you know I can't let this pass without talking about what I talked about in my opening segment, which is simply that you can't make this stuff up. O.J. Simpson case is back in the news today. The I, I don't know if you're aware of this. The LAPD literally just held a news conference. Uh, it was my bizarre story of the week, although it's only an hour old of... Uh, you know, a construction worker apparently found a knife buried on, the, on OJ's Rockingham property while it was being demolished. I learned a lot in the last hour. I didn't know it was ever demolished, number one. Apparently, he turned it over to a L.A. policeman. Since retired, he may have been retired when he gave it to him. It was apparently in the late 90s. Keep in mind, the uh, double murder occurred in 1994. And uh, apparently this policeman held it all this time, uh, which would be, what, 16, 17 years plus. And somehow the LAPD got wind of it recently, within the last week or so, it seems, in the last month maybe. Hmm. And they're now examining it, and uh, it was big enough to, for them to hold a live press conference within the past hour or so, again... And I've been watching this, you know, miniseries on television on OJ where Cuba Gooding is playing OJ. And uh, I think I've watched four or five. I've watched all the episodes so far. So you cannot make this stuff up. The timing of this for this miniseries to be on television at the exact same time that, you know, this, uh, again, press conference needed to be held, apparently, or they wouldn't have held it. Uh, it, it just boggles the mind. It really does. John, I'm, I'm kind of speechless. Uh, I, I did see that that was you know, made available uh, this morning, but I couldn't believe what I was hearing, to be honest with you. Neither could I. Neither could I. It's just literally, uh, you, you know, 
I was in disbelief when they, you know, I just, <laughs> as usual, preparing for the show, and they flashed a little thing on that the news came on here in Boston, and they started with saying, you know, the LAPD is about to hold a live news conference <laughs> with an update on OJ, and I'm like, what? You've got to be kidding me, and sure enough, yeah. and uh, I did watch the press conference live, and uh, a lot of unanswered questions, and boy... The media's got to be digging on this one. I mean, like they're going to be digging like they haven't dug on a story in a long time as far as uh, I would think their first order of business will be figuring out who this retired policeman is who held this knife apparently for 16 to 18 years. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, I, I, wonder, I wonder why he did that. I wonder why he held that back that information, that piece of evidence, uh, if it becomes the knife that was used in the in the incident. Uh, I just can't imagine a policeman holding back like that. I know, it's crazy, because again, you said it's a policeman, period. And uh, yeah. so yeah, I mean, I'm somewhat speculating, but I think they alluded to the fact that it was just, you know, in his possession, as i.e. sitting in his home for all these years, theoretically, and... Uh, Again, it's just crazy, but again, you know, two facts that I learned that I didn't know. It's number one, uh, well, aside from the fact that the house was demolished, which I did not know, apparently years ago in the late 90s, that's when it was discovered by the construction worker who gave it to the policeman, but uh, that the case is still open, number one, never knew that, and number two, uh, you know, that uh, no matter what is found, OJ cannot be tried on this because of double jeopardy not sure exactly what that means per se i'm not a lawyer but uh yeah so again and then again i can't stress overstate the fact that you know i've been really enjoying watching the miniseries on tv the last four or five weeks with cuba gooding jr playing oj and you know learning a lot that I never knew behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm sure a lot of people would say that. Uh, and for that to happen, for this to happen at the exact same time this miniseries is ongoing, it, it's simply stunning, to say the least. It's remarkable. Uh, bottom line, I'm, I've got to guess that the people at, uh, I think it's FX who is doing it, they have to just be, you know, beside themselves over, you know, the ratings that are bound to jump from this. Because if you haven't been watching the miniseries and you see this news, you're going to go watch the miniseries. You're going to try to catch up on what you forgot from the past. Exactly. And it is indeed FX who is broadcasting it. And very entertaining. Like I said, I've been watching them all. Uh, I think there's been four or five episodes so far and more to come. So it's smack in the middle of it. And again, it's just uh, <laughs> bottom, bottom line, no matter what you make of it, you know, the fact the LAPD held a live press conference today shows that there's something there. You know, there, there has to be something there or they would have never addressed it in the fashion that they did. So now America's media, I should say the world's media, is now unleashed to dig up every every little fact 
even remotely connected with this and probably you know resurrect the entire OJ saga again. It's uh, remarkable. Yeah, John, I, I don't know what's going to become of this, finding this evidence. I mean, what does it mean in the long run for this, this case? Exactly. I'm not sure. Right, right. Well, you know, the appetite has always been insatiable for this, obviously. Uh, you know, the biggest criminal case in American history. I think that's, fair, you know, not disputable. And, uh, and now, you know, now it's back. And it's going to, again, resurrect, uh, you know, a media that has advanced remarkably in 22 years. Uh, and it's just going to be, uh, now that's going to be unleashed again <laughs> at you know at a, at a next level beyond anything that was going on in 1994 so this is going to be uh fascinating to watch to put it mildly and uh we shall see again <laughs> you just you, yeah. you just truly cannot make this stuff up i know i keep saying it but it's just so true no i i guess the only thing you could say maybe the the families who of uh nicole and uh, Ron, maybe they would feel a little some satisfaction that the, this piece of evidence was found. But you you can't try someone twice for the same offense. Yep, that's it, yeah. and that's yeah. very that's a very good point. So that's the only thing you know. Initially, I could think that would be some some degree of satisfaction from finding this this knife. Yeah, and you know the fact you say that just raises, you know, makes it so coincidental in that you know, as the most recent episode ended this week on the miniseries, it was you know Ron Goldman's dad, you, you know, who we'll all remember was a pivotal part, uh, you know, of that uh, in that you know, uh, pounding the podium on his son's behalf, shall we say, mm-hmm. and you know, truly becoming known worldwide and uh that's literally where the episode ended uh this week and you're absolutely right they they are front and, they are potentially front and center on anything happening now uh as this unfolds so it's just uh remarkable so AP as always, good getting going with you talking with you I I'm I'm going to guess uh, you're out in the LA area correct Yes, yes, I sure yeah. am. Well, I, I would only assume that it is going to be nonstop out there for the next uh, number of days at minimum, uh, this story. So we'll be anxious to hear your views on it when we talk again next week. But we also have another half hour more together to talk more sports. And But why don't we take our break now and we'll get to some sports on the other side. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at voice america trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bamba Magazine. And A.P., this week, uh, we had big news again in college football, where Jim Harbaugh took his University of Michigan football team down to IMG Academy in Bradenton for the week, uh, just for training purposes in nice weather, and it has created quite the controversy, certainly among S- the SEC, uh, which you cover so well through the years. And uh, you know, I'm finding the whole story fascinating. And if I'm not mistaken, you know, he's been able to bring in. Uh, some you know high school coaches from Florida this week, and uh, I had heard earlier in the week that today was the day he was going to be able to bring in recruits from the local area, Florida, fertile, fertile ground for recruiting. Some of the best players in the world are obviously in Florida or in the country, and many of them are right there. I used to live there uh, on the Gulf Coast of Florida, so I know the talent level and some of those boys. I believe, as we speak, are watching the Michigan football team up close and personal. So what do you think of the whole thing, AP? It's, uh, I, I love what Jim Harbaugh's doing, shaking things up. I think it's great. Yeah, I, I like Jim Harbaugh. He's kind of a, you know, he's a very competitive guy. I mean, I've, I've spoken to people that said you cannot believe the level of his uh, competitiveness and what he might go through the to win. I mean, I'm talking about tiddlywinks. He just, you, you can't never get anything by him. He wants to win at, at everything. But he worked with the NCAA to make this happen, John. Correct. It is so, not illegal. Let's point that out right off the bat. 
a lot of people would like to make it illegal in this off season, you know, starting now from here on in. But at this moment, Harbaugh is certainly doing this within the rules. Yeah, he's very creative. I mean, he reminds me of the story. I think we discussed this one time where Harvey Schiller looked at the rule book and he found out if you have two divisions, you could have a playoff game. When he called the NCAA, they said, yeah, that was for the lower levels of football. He said, well, I didn't read that in the rule book, so we're, the SEC, we're going to have a championship. So if you're smart and, and follow the rule book, uh, you can make things happen. So that's what Jim Harbaugh did. He took it to the nth degree and and he's he's on the uh, you know he's the cutting edge. He's setting the trend. So I would I suspect you're going to see other schools try to duplicate this. Maybe you know maybe you get some schools in the Northwest. Maybe they go down to Arizona or something. Or who knows? I mean, uh, some schools in the Midwest go down to Texas or who knows? But uh, there's a way to make something happen. It, it, you got to follow Harbaugh. That is really interesting. I did not know that. So that's how the SEC championship game was born. I never heard that story. Oh, okay, yeah, that's how it happened. Harvey Schiller was the SEC commissioner at the time. He didn't. He wasn't there to see it happen in '92. It was Roy Kramer, but he, that's the way that whole thing happened. He, he read the rule book and called the NCAA up on the phone, and they said, "Yeah, that's that's true. That's true." But it's not for uh, Division One level football. It's for the lower level. They said, "Well, it doesn't say that in the rule book." <laughs> well, you know, I love it. You know, that Jim Harbaugh is doing it. He's, again, shaking it up. And, you know, we all know that at the end of the day, what matters most is money. And I've got to say this. If they're looking for a potential money-making opportunity, I would love to see this become a nationwide trend where college teams are going to places outside where they are located to train, i.e. Michigan and Bradenton, Florida. And I would love to see this become a thing. And I say this, I'll say it very simply. You know, I I just, you know, two weeks ago, you know, paid 17 bucks to go into Atlanta Braves spring training at Walt Disney World to watch pitchers and catchers. And, you know, I had no problem paying it. That's not a lot of money. I loved it. I loved it. I talked about it on last week's show. And can you imagine, uh, I'm assuming that this is not open to the public, this Michigan thing in Bradenton at IMG Academy, but you know, if, uh, you know, it was certainly open to the media because I saw a film of it uh, this week, but you know, can you imagine if this became like a springtime roadshow thing? We already know what spring games are and that type of thing. Can you imagine though, if like, you know, all of a sudden, college teams from around the country are going to different venues around the country, uh, you know, to train. I mean, you're out in California. Can you imagine if, uh, you know, somebody shows up and say Palm Springs, you know, something like that? <laughs> I mean, really, like Notre Dame, for instance. That's, Notre Dame goes out to Palm Springs to train for a week. Right. And, you, can you, you know, it, it has that spring training baseball kind of feel to it. And... I think it would just be fabulous. So everybody right now is trying to squash it and say, you know, we need rule changes and let's not ever let this happen again. And we all know what this is about. I mean, it's Jim Harbaugh is coming down into SEC territory and, you know, expanding the brand and basically creating awareness of the Michigan brand with the best talent in the country in the South. That's what, <laughs> that's what we're talking about here. Make no mistake about it. 
and yeah. obviously leading to potential re- relationships, i.e. recruits. So uh, it's a fascinating story to me, to say the least. Yeah, John, it is. And I was just checking one thing, and the practice on Friday actually is open. The, the open to the public. On, uh, yeah, the practice on Friday is actually open. Can you imagine all those people from Michigan that vacation in Florida or live in Florida or have a house in Florida and they're able to see their team. Um, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Oh, I can only imagine because, uh, you know, I was just, I, w- I was in Florida. Number one, I was there last week. Uh, very disappointed that I thought maybe Michigan, uh, was down there last week and, you know, was ready to go down and check it out. But I was disappointed to see the, it, it wasn't the same week. It was this week, not last week when I was there. More importantly, having lived in Florida, to say the number of people in Michigan, which is a direct route, literally, Route 75 from Detroit to Naples. Is, uh, it's, so you, you don't have to make any turns. You get on 75 and up in Michigan, and you drive straight through on that road. It's you, Michigan is, there are probably more Michigan residents in Florida than any other state, period. Maybe not maybe with uh, only New York could rival that. And I was in Orlando on New Year's Day when uh, Michigan played Florida in the Citrus Bowl. So I was there, uh, walked around the Citrus Bowl at during the game. And so I got to see Michigan Nation in Florida on New Year's Day. So I can only imagine what must be happening in, in Bradenton today if they're able to go. That, that, that's good good stuff. I'm glad you checked that out. Yeah, John, and the funny thing was some of the coaches like old Mrs. Uh, Hugh Freeze, he, he asked on Thursday if he can go to the practice, but no, no coaches are allowed to be there. No other coaches are allowed to be there with that practice because it's on the campus of uh, IMG, which has potential athletes, and, and, and it's really kind of like a dead period. So I don't know how the NCAA, they worked this all out where Michigan be, could be there, but it's, you know, it's all within the rules, I guess. But uh, they can't, like Hugh Freeze, he couldn't attend practice on Friday, for instance. Okay, well, I think I had this right, and I, I alluded earlier to coaches attending. I meant high school coaches. I think I got it right that high school coaches were coming in throughout the week, i.e. the coaches of these Florida right. you know, players. Uh, yeah, 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 probably. So, yeah, that's probably correct, John. Yeah, it, it, but it's funny, you know, college coaches, they didn't miss a trick. They said, hey, can we, some of them were tweeting out, hey, you want to have lunch in Bradenton on Friday? <laughs> right, right. I love it. Well, bottom line, AP, what I hope happens is, you know, although currently the outcry is let's put a stop to this, you know, for many rival coaches, commissioners, what have you. And end this immediately and have rule changes, but I hope it goes the exact other way. That you know, that they basically allow everybody to do it, and everybody can do it. I'm just saying, you know, that they don't do anything, and that would then spark, you know, the Nick Sabins of the world, who, you know, maybe in June, for instance, July, nice weather, you know, heads up to Detroit. And does the same thing up there and, you know, and on and on and on. I I just think, you know, it would be great. The northern teams heading down, uh, you know, to warm weather spots in the in the winter. And again, not knowing the, you you know, you know, 
I don't know if they can go up there in the summer, what the rules are, that type of thing. It's probably a little different. Uh, but, you know, you could maybe stretch the spring game, you know, spring training period to get some teams a little further north or whatever, or, you know, or for instance, an SEC team just heads over, you know, say Florida goes out to Texas, you know, or Arizona. Arizona would be fertile ground for something like this, obviously, with all the spring training going on out there. And, you know, so I hope it becomes a thing. I think it would be great. Yeah, there's always something interesting for these college coaches to explore and the ones who are very aggressive. Uh, they'll they'll pursue pursue an opportunity down the road. Yeah. Well, for instance, you're in the Mobile area, you know, home of the Senior Bowl. I could absolutely right. see that being a target area for a northern team to come down around this time. You know, hang out for a week in Mobile and, you know, have have their own little mini super mini senior bowl, shall we say, down in uh, the Mobile area just as a as an example. Yeah, John, I mean, I never even thought of that. That's a fertile ground that I-10 corridor from New Orleans to Jacksonville. Yeah, that would be a great spot for someone to to be there because you, you just get on that one road, I-10, come on over to Mobile. That's exactly right. Or at the bottom at the end of the day what we're talking about is very simple, you know. College football teams taking their, you know, taking their show on the road. I think it would be a massive massive success to put it mildly. So we'll see. Like Oregon. Yeah. For, here, here's a good example. Oregon. Can you imagine if Oregon, the Ducks, came down this week to like a Mobile, Alabama? I mean, would people not be like overflowing to go watch them work out? Oh, they certainly would. They did really. They'd, they'd be all over that stadium, wherever it was located around Mobile. They'd be, you know, fighting to get inside to watch because, you know, you just don't see teams from that part of the country very often. That's it. Well, it, it bears watching. It is a hot topic, to say the least, and never hotter than today, where, again, some of the best talent in the country, i.e. Florida high school football players, are standing in the sunshine, I assume, watching the Michigan football brand play out right in front of them. And, uh, you know, if that doesn't lay the foundation for becoming a national trend, I don't know what will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so, John. I think so. Well, hey, you heard it here first, right? It sure did. Yeah, that's it's a great topic. Conversation, it is. I'm sure. It really is. Uh, it'll be fun to watch the aftermath and all that, you know, here and uh, starting today and just see how it just kind of flows from here. But hard to believe we're at the end of another segment, AP. So let's take our break now and we'll come in with our final segment after the break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we begin, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tomorrow's Duke-North Carolina game from Cameron Stadium at Duke University. It's the best rivalry in college basketball, nothing like it. These games always deliver. And always fun, and never more so than when they're in Cameron. So uh, Duke upset UNC in Chapel Hill just a couple of weeks ago, a game that nobody thought they would win both before and during the game. So it's going to be fun tomorrow night as we start to uh, really hone in on March Madness. And uh, on another topic, a sad note, we've been talking some breaking news today with the OJ case resurfacing. Famed columnist Bud Collins of the Boston Globe, uh, and I'm right located right here in Boston. He died within the he died today, so very very sad news to say the least. Uh, o, AP, he was a legend to, to put it mildly in the sports media community to say the least. Yeah, John, I always enjoyed listening to him because he had such a unique sense of humor and and a fantastic uh, perspective. To any event, I'm not. I'm not uh, just limiting it to tennis. Correct, and I said I very carefully said sports media because, of course, a famous, famous Boston Globe sports columnist and writer. But he, when I think of you know writers crossing over into television, he's really one of the first ever who just became absolutely mainstream, and in fact became more famous as a TV guy than what he, you know, originally began as, which, of course, was, you know, an award-winning columnist and writer. So I think he, I won't say he began it, but he certainly uh, took it to the next level, without a doubt. I mean, coming into, you know, 
America's living rooms at Wimbledon and beyond on a regular basis, really. Uh, you know, everybody knew who Bud Collins was, that's for sure. He was the ambassador for tennis. He made it fun. He he had style. He had grace. He had flair. He was flamboyant in his dress and in his words. Exactly. Exactly. He, he was uh, very flamboyant and, uh, he, you know, he really, again, just took it to the next level. And, you know, he was right there when you think back to the, you know, what I consider tennis's heyday of, you know, McEnroe, Borg, Connors, on and on and on. Chrissy Everett, Martina Navratilova, all of them. You know, he's really one of the first people who comes to mind, certainly as someone who covered it. Uh, you know, I had the pleasure a year and a half ago when I was in London, uh, took the tube out to Wimbledon. The championships had just ended about five days earlier, so they were over. And uh, But me being me, I, I had to make a, a pilgrimage uh, mm-hmm. out to see Center Court and the Wimbledon property. And it's actually the name of a town, a very, very nice suburb of London named Wimbledon. That's the town name as well as obviously the tennis name. And we loved it. We actually, you know, went inside and, you know, got to see the place and into the into the uh, pro shop, for lack of a better word, gift shop, whatever you want to call it, memorabilia shop. And then uh, we had lunch on a sidewalk cafe. I mean, we walked from downtown, the main street of Wimbledon. You know, we took the tube out the subway, got up, walked to the walked to center court, the grounds, checked it out. Spent some time there, loved it, beautiful, and then uh, walked back to town and, you know, had lunch on, like, you know, on the sidewalk at a sidewalk cafe. It was awesome. (laughs) I highly recommend it for anybody visiting London, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I I would definitely uh, concur with with that because uh, I've never never been to very many tennis events, but if I was in London, I'd make sure I I got some tickets to that because that's the number one... tennis event we all watched growing up yeah well, and to take it a step further uh you know i had we had arrived in london that sunday the day of the you know men's final and you know by the time we got to our hotel room settled in put down the luggage starving jet lag all that good stuff you know it was uh time for the wimbledon final as we were ready to go out and embark for the first time ever uh, on the streets of London, and we literally are, you know, walking down famous Whitehall Street where Number 10 Downing and, you know, all those places are nearby, the, the most, in my mind, the most famous street in London. And we found this packed restaurant, sports bar, if you will, in the shadow of Trafalgar Square. We're literally in our first hour or two of visiting London and uh, walking around London. And we just sat in, had lunch, and the place was packed and going crazy watching the Wimbledon final live, which was occurring, whatever, 20 minutes away from where we were sitting. It was a really, really cool way to begin a trip to Europe, that's for sure. Oh, oh yeah. And, and John, just one more thing about Bud Collins. He did the two things that everyone tries, but he succeeded on a grand scale. He entertained and he informed. You're right. Uh, the goal of any journalist, right? That's it. If you if you want to be around for a long time and make your mark, you, you have to try to 
do those two things, and uh, that'll get the people to watch and listen. Yeah, and let me also say that he was part of, you know, what I consider the greatest assemblage of sports writing talent in the history of American sports journalism, which was at the Boston Globe in the 1980s when I first moved here. And you just literally ran to your mailbox to get the paper in the morning because, you know, from Lee Montville to Ray Fitzgerald to Peter Gammons, on and on and on, they just had like six or so award-winning columnists and they were just... Uh, it was a must-read every single morning. There was never a bad morning with the Boston Globe because one of those columnists, if not all of them, were producing just epic content. And Bud Collins was right smack in the middle of it. Oh yeah, and, and Bob Ryan and Will McDonough, all those, all those names. Sure, sure. Will Mc- yeah, Will McDonough here, of course. How could I forget Will McDonough? And uh, Bob Ryan was, uh, shall we say, somewhat early in his career, and he's now one of the deans of sports journalism, and a very nice guy, to say the least. Uh, Well, AP, hard to believe we've come to the end of another show. Uh, You know, never a dull moment in the world of sports, is there? Yeah, it's been quite a a morning, John. It sure has. Quite a morning. It's been the the, the bizarre and the, the, you know, strange things that happen in the world. It's, It's part of sports. It sure is. It's, it, it, somehow, some way, it always connects back to sports. I, OJ being the, the, the classic example yet again. But AP, thank you as always for coming in and calling in and uh, enjoy your trip back east. Good luck. Well, thank you. You're, you're, thank you're you probably going to have trouble getting readjusted. Your, your body <laughs> clock, you've been away for so long. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try my best, but it's been fun. I'm sure you'll figure it out. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. 